Hello and welcome to the Masters of Divinity. I'm your moderator, Jeff Smoky Bones Sideburns Mustache. Recording live from the rolling prairies of Oklahoma. I'm here with a couple of city boys. Father Father Duke Chuck Browning. How howdy. Howdy, partner. How you doing? Do it doing all right. You getting her done? Um, I'm, I'm, I got her done, and I'm, and I'm getting her done again. Thank you, old Duke. I appreciate your insight. Well, you're welcome, sideburns. All right. I'm also here with Matthew Wales. How you doing, buddy? You doing all right, partner? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to come up with a nickname for you. I called, I called Chuck Duke for some reason. I don't know. It's kind of to me. Yeah, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't even get a nickname out of this. Backseat. Back saddleman. Well, my my truck doesn't have a backseat, but I guess you could be in the cab if you want. Middle of the bench seat, Matt. Oh, my goodness gracious. Hi, guys. How's it going? Uh, It's good. It's going well. Uh, if the listeners are wondering why I went to Sam Elliott mode, uh, it's because we've decided to talk about America. 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 Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> uh, as you know. You have to talk, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck just uh, singing away. Uh, as you know, next week is Independence Day. A day where we look back 20 years ago when our country was under attack by aliens. <laughs> our brave president got into an F-18 Hornet. And from Area 51, mind you, it was a crazy day. No, I just want to inform people. It's a worldwide holiday. There, will, there is no editing involved in how quick he did that. <laughs> and that turn you took in that sentence caught me completely off guard. I, I, I want to see the new Independence Day. Uh, yeah, I hear it's not that good. Like I hear it's, I hear it's oh, legitimately shocker. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Even in the context of like Independence Day movie, it doesn't like accomplish the same things that like made the first one good to like kids. Yeah, and, yeah, and I don't want to. I don't. I mean, turn our whole podcast into Independence Day right off the start. But I just watched it the other night because oh, yeah. somebody had never seen the first one, um, so we had him over to watch it um, and. I, I have to admit, it's still, it's, I mean, it's a blockbuster film, so it's not any groundbreaking cinema, but it still stands up. It's like, fun, you can watch movie. it today, it's almost like it would still work in theaters today. I, I once got into a heated hmm. debate with a friend of mine from seminary. He wanted to argue that Independence Day was a great movie. And I said, no, it is not a good movie. Like, it is a bad movie. <laughs> it's pretty bad. But you can enjoy it. And he, like, didn't understand that. Like, it boggled his mind. It's like, like, like what's wrong with it? It's like, well, there's, like, a lot of plot problems. And, yeah. like, it's, a, it's actually a lot the... of conveniences happening on here. I mean, it's like, the cable guy saves the world. I mean. When we don't know why the aliens are invading in the first place. We don't know why they're invading. <laughs> well, we, we do find out, right? They're no. Like they're, yeah, they're like locusts, yeah. but that doesn't mean anything. It means they go. They, they strip say the they, planet of their natural from, resources. Yeah, they, they go they, from they, planet they, to the planet, planet and take all the they, resources and then move on they, to the next. They didn't. They just blew stuff up. 
Well, they got blown up before they got to do anything. But, wh- but why are they blowing up all the major cities? Because they're exterminating the pest problem. Right, they're trying to weaken. They're trying yeah, to weaken. Like, okay, listen, guys, I'm working on a farm, all right? <laughs> you don't burn down my crop and then take my crop. Well, maybe they're not saying. interested but in the they're crops. Not, they're not blo- but they're not blowing up the crops, JP. Maybe, they're blowing up the cities. Yeah, they're blowing up cities. And maybe they want, um, like, the oil and things yeah. like that. Like, maybe it's not about the Maybe crops. oxygen, you know, drain the oxygen out of the atmosphere. Yeah, uh-huh. Maybe, but it's never explained what they want, which means... Because they, they we blew because them up. Because Roland, um, Roland Emmerich doesn't know what they want. Because Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum... This episode is about America. So... Okay, listen, the aliens didn't know what they wanted. Because tr- the true Americans... We've lost this episode. By the, 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 <laughs> because the true Americans, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum, they acted so quickly... That the aliens didn't even have time to express their true intent because we blew them up. And also, you know, the, the aliens really just, they, they could not have anticipated that their software was completely compatible with, with <laughs> Apple OS of the, yeah. of the who, Steve Jobs. Who, could, who can Mac anticipate, who, who in their right mind could have possibly anticipated that an advanced alien species traveling all across galaxies to get here with weapons of mass destruction to wipe us out could in fact be wiped out with a 20-year-old computer um, and the software on it. Not even today's listen, computer. 20-year-old 20, computers. Listen, this is the most important episode we've ever done. <laughs> this is the most important episode we've Bring ever done. Bring it back. Done. Bring it back. Rain it in. Because <laughs> we're doing it about America. And America, as you all know, is the greatest country in the world. Am I right, Father Chuck? Amen! I was hoping you would vehemently disagree, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's why I got to ask can, you. Well, can I, all right, since you, you asked me, you're kind of throwing to me here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm kind of in a weird place right now where I think that I'm kind of over crapping on America. Okay, you know? that's fine. That's that's okay. Yeah. Um. And I and I hope that this episode well, we'll talk about why. I I like to consider myself uh, very proud of my nation, uh, almost sort of like you could call me a, a nationalist. But you want to share everything with everyone, so you're also a socialist. So you're a yeah, national so socialist. A, a national socialist. That's actually a great way to describe my beliefs, a national socialist <laughs> for America. I mean, say what you want about <laughs> <I> the ten- <laughs> well, Say what you want about the tenets of national socialism. At least, <laughs> at least it's an ethos. <laughs> What happened? Just I don't know. America. We're just, we're just, we're just talking about America, man. Land of the free, home Gee. of the brave, and I'm talking to two national socialists. <laughs> uh, I do have some German in me, by the way, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I, I, I have some. I do have some perfection in me. Yeah. <laughs> do we need to start this one over? <laughs> Never. No. This From is great. the top. No. Listen. This is a great episode already. This is already. Where's, a great where's our smoky sideburns mustache guy? He's right here. <laughs> Wouldn't really call myself a national socialist, though. I think maybe Nazi is better because it's shorter. You know, it's compressed. Nazi. National <laughs> socialist. <laughs> this is this stop being funny. <laughs> okay, so we Matt help us. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I feel like this is all sort of becoming my fault because I, I keep derailing. It is your fault. <laughs> the moderator is off the rails. What do yeah, you do sorry. when the moderator is off Chuck, the rails? Chuck, Chuck, you said you don't want to bash America, which is which is fine. Um, but what are some things that you want to celebrate then? Well, uh, I, an American. 
Well, I just want to, uh, where I've been trying to think about it is I'm, I'm kind of, I've been frustrated in the past few years a little bit with the way that America has been co-opted by a particular kind of low, I hate saying low class, but like. You are talking about the country and not the beer? Correct. Okay. Like, I'm talking like, like this whole like kind of like really sort of rednecky white trash association with America. Like I would say not low class as in a class system such as rich poor, but low class as in having no class. Right. <laughs> like, but like like no no uh no How about just stupid? Yeah, I mean like like this whole thing like you know where it's like where it's like you can go online and you can like Google like America or whatever and you get like this you find these images and it's just like really obnoxious like American flags with like people with guns shooting in front of them, or like overweight women on their rascal scooters, like <laughs> driving in front of flags. Like it's funny, like I, and and, yeah. it, and it evokes kind of a, a somewhat of an ironic, humorous thing that we all recognize, sort of like these bad qualities about America. But there's a weird way that like people like embrace it, and like where like America is like, well, to be American means I eat nothing but like cheeseburgers wrapped in bacon and deep fried because that's what God did on the eighth day of creation. Can I get an amen? Like that's the sort of, you know, like, or like one image I've seen, it was like an American breakfast and it was like grits, like sausage, gravy, and biscuits. And then a handgun next to it. I, one thing I noticed about this, I noticed this change happening around nine 11. Cause growing up in Orlando, I remember dri- every now and then I would see these big pickup trucks drive around and they had their giant Confederate flag in the back of their pickup truck. And then 9-11 happened, and those same pickup trucks were driving around with American flags. And like, wait, wait what, what happened here? Like, now you care about America? Like, now all of a sudden you care about America because, like, it lets you, like, hate on people now? I mean, it just, to me, that's, that seems to be when the change really started to happen, at least for me, when I started noticing it. And, like, yeah, people kind of make fun of it, but there's also this weird thing where people have sort of embraced this whole kind of, like, it's like hipsterism. Like, we've kind of ironically embraced this these aspects of America, and that's what America is. But, like, like the things for me in particular, just give it to the question you asked, JP, is, like, you know, we are, we are really an amazing culture that's done a lot of amazing things. I mean, you know, we, we invented jazz music. Right. We invented motion pictures. Um, Heck, yeah. We, you know, we invented the martini, which H.L. Mencken says is the um, an American, in, it's, what is it, an American innovation as perfect as the sonnet, you know? Um, you know, w- there's just like a lot of things that are sort of high class that are associated, that, 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 that are the result of America. And I, I think like there's just some really cool touchstones in our culture that we just gloss over and we sort of like sometimes, you know, we sort of push them aside because it's like, oh, you're trying to be like European or you're trying to be this, that like somehow being American means you have to be lowbrow constantly. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't like that. Like I, I, I like America and I like, you know, the, the fact that we live in a country as free as we are and, and, and the ideas and stuff that we have, like um, that's allowed us to be a very particular cultured people in there. And I just don't think we celebrate that part enough. We, you know, when we try to talk about things that are distinctly American, it always seems to be very lowbrow, and I and I I would like to see us get away from that. Does that make any sense? Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, um, we had talked about this a little bit before, and you had mentioned how 
uh, a lot of the more uh, I don't want to say high class. Hi, we'll say highbrow. Highbrow cultural stuff is actually made very, very much is actually readily available to the public. Yeah. Uh, sometimes either for a discounted price or very or, or free. Right. Uh, yeah. Theater going. Um, I mean, I can't think of a jazz festival. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. begged to come. Hey. <clears throat> or um, or like um, like when I live in Washington D.C. to like be able to go to the Smithsonian and see mm-hmm. some of the greatest art in the world completely oh, for right. free. It's just there. Um, it's tax supported. You know, it's just something that you get to do as an American. It's like we. It's very progressive of us, really, to take mm-hmm. these very highbrow, high culture things and say, and eh, they should be accessible to everybody. Right. Um, you don't have to be an aristocrat to experience these things, which is what it was like for a lot, a, a huge chunk of, of history. Um, the average person could not just, you know, like a peasant, you know, couldn't go walk into a museum and look at art. Like, that's like, I don't know if it's uniquely American. I think the French probably do some of this too. But like, but it just seems very like it's just a very American kind of thing to say, hey, we're going to make this accessible to everybody because everyone is free to see this stuff. You know, you have that as, as, as a citizen of this country, you have you have the privilege of being able to experience these things. So mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think it's a cool thing about America. I think we should celebrate it. I think we should talk about it more. I think it is um, I think it's really neat. And I think that um, we shouldn't we shouldn't ignore it. Hating on America has kind of become the cool thing to do right. in some ways. It's um, always been the cool thing to do. Yeah, and that has always bothered me. Um, not because I don't think we have plenty of problems that should be addressed and plenty of issues that should be talked about and should be drawn out into the light, but because the manner in which it's done, it's almost like the people hating on America um, at the same time want to enjoy everything about the freedom side of America and use that to say that nothing here is proper or works. Right. So they want the comfort, but they want to bash everything about it. And I think that there's a, there, there is a, a middle ground of calling out the, the nonsense, of standing up for America's own injustices, but at the same time being aware and embracing and celebrating the fact that we do live somewhere, that you even have the freedom to do that to call right. out the nonsense um, and to celebrate that, yeah, there's a lot of stupid things that America is part of, but there's also yeah. a lot of great things that we're a part of. So celebrate the great and then change what is, what's wrong about it. Instead of just sitting there whining and complaining and saying how much you hate our country, it's like, well, be a part of changing it while you celebrate what is positive about our country yeah. And move it toward being better. I I, always, I think of when you're talking about this, Matt. I'm thinking about the there's a line that all from um, the movie Days and Confused that I always think about, which is, you know, the movie Days and Confused is the last day of school before summer break, or, or it's the first day of summer break, whatever. So the kids opening part of the movie is kids leaving their classes for the summer, and like the American history teacher or whatever. Like, as the kids are going out, it's like, remember this summer when you're celebrating the 4th of July that all you're celebrating is a yeah. bunch of white guys who didn't want to pay their taxes. <laughs> and it's I, like... I, I knew you were going to bring that up. That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I love that scene in that movie. It's really funny. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, it's like, like at the time, it's like, oh, that's funny or whatever. Like, like the fact that there are so many people that I know right now who that's sort of their identity that's just like, oh, it's America. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's oppressive. It's, it's, it, you know, and it, it, it's, or whatever, like, come on, like, yes, again, I, I agree with you, Matt, like, there's definitely some stuff in our, in our 
I mean, you know, I'm a pretty liberal person. And so, like, I agree that there are plenty of things in our history that we need to deal with. But at the same time, like, I don't think that just because, like, we've had bad things happen that that means, like, well, America's bad. We need to be something else. Like, I don't know. So I have an important question for you guys. Um, I know we're trying to make these episodes shorter, so probably not doing us any favors by doing this. But um, but Litter Rip, uh, guys, are are we a – is America a Christian nation? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. The only Christian nation – on the planet is Vatican City. I would say that that's the only that's the only Christian nation. Quite literally, a Christian nation, right? Um, be, because like I, yeah, because it's the only one that's like governed by a church, like specifically. Like the idea of saying like when we say America's Christian nation, I know the idea is that it's rooted in Christian ideals and that's sort of the the, the approach. But like even the founders themselves were like even though they were some of them Christian, many of them deists, even those who were Christian were very marginal Christians. I mean, this is something I learned a lot when I was living up in Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C., is that, like, uh, like um, ben, ben Franklin was not a model Christian by any means. Washington, like, avoided, um, avoided communion like the plague. I mean, he came to church on occasion, but he never stayed for communion. He always had a, he always had a, cart with a horse outside waiting for him like basically had the engine running so he could dip out at communion time whenever they had communion at churches which he was Episcopalian by the way allergic to the crackers right <laughs> yes he had gluten issues he's gluten issues. <laughs> celiac disease that Washington before it was cool um, <laughs> before it was cool but um, I I don't think like I just don't think and the reason I answer the question the way I answered it is not because like I'm, I'm criticizing America I just don't think that you can really have a I don't think a nation can be Christian um, like, I guess it can be kind of rooted in certain ideals, whatever, but I, but the ideals necessarily like make them Christian and the founders themselves would say that they tried to open this up more because like, especially like up in like Rhode Island and different places, like in, like in, in Providence, like really quickly they were like, yeah, we're going to have a synagogue and we're going to have a mosque. Like they were really open to, uh, to a lot of that. Jefferson was open to Muslims being in America. He talks about that in, um, I can't remember what document now, but, um, but there's, um, but yeah, so there's a, there's, I just don't think even the founders would have said like, oh yeah, we're a Christian nation. I think they just saw themselves as a, we're just a nation for people. Hmm. Um, so I would argue that if you're going to call a Christian, if you, if you can call a nation Christian, I would say Vatican City is the only one because of the Pope. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I don't think that, no, my simple answer is no. Okay. The, um, the longer answer to that is, um, I don't think America was ever founded, like you're saying, as a Christian nation. I think that it was founded on religious freedom. Yeah. And it was, um, and it was founded on the ability to gather and to express your religious belief without threat of government interference. Right. Um, which was the original intention um, of the whole separation of church and state. Um, but I. But as far as specifically Christian, no, I don't. I don't think historically that America was founded as a Christian nation. I think it was desiring a freedom of religion, um, so it opened it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we've contributed a lot to in history to Christianity, both positive and some negative. Um, but I, yeah. I think that. Uh, 
I think this is, this is an episode that's that's meant mainly to celebrate America, which, like I said, I, I'm all about. I think America is a great nation and should be celebrated and doesn't need to be made great again. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I, I think I it's a great... I don't know what Matt is talking about. I think it's a... Don't get me. I think that it's a great nation. Um, I think we have lots of faults. I think that part of our faults comes through the same thing as the discussion of whether it's a Christian nation or not. Um and a lot of people would probably disagree with me. I might get myself in trouble even mentioning it, but um, it's entitlement. Yeah. Um, the the downside to Mer- to America is entitlement. We're kind of like, um, let's see, how long have we been around? Like, how many generations has America even existed for? I mean, the country's over two hundred. It's over two hundred years. Over 200 so that's years like what? Old. But like, we've had a European colonists yeah, here so, like so around like, four hundred so plus like, years. Yeah, so we're like how many generations separated from the founding of America? I don't know. Like, you had to you... say like so anyway. Let's just pick. I have, don't don't do the math on me. But let's say we're like six generations okay, sure. of people away. Um, we're like the sixth generation of rich kids in the world, mm-hmm. um, and we've kind of lost sight of what it means to be given that that blessing not in the sense of like god blessed us with money because i get annoyed with that too but the blessing of being here um to the point where we we're like no this is how it's our right to be here it is our right for the country to run the way it runs it is my right to have the things that i have um it is my right to have the freedom of religion and meet in church um when that's just not true um it's a it's a privilege that we have been born into um and for whatever reason i was born in america with these freedoms and these um, resources that much of the world doesn't have and instead of using that privilege to empower the rest of the world we tend to take it as kind of the rich kid who got their inheritance and is like i'm gonna spend it all on me I'm going to run off and here you go. I'll, I'll put it this way. America's kind of currently the rich kid who took his father's inheritance early and went off to the city and wasted it on things like prostitutes hmm. and parties with friends. It sounds like a story. And we're probably getting close to the time where we will come back to our father who we took the inheritance from. And Is that Canada? Say, but but then he but they, but they left that, Europe. So yeah, and say that I. Um, <laughs> Topical. Say that I, I don't even deserve to be called your, your son anymore. Can I just be a servant? And he'll give us a ring. And um, where America's kind of the prodigal son right now. We're running around with this inheritance that we were born into, and we are bashing the the privilege that we were born into. We're bashing the I'm gonna I'm gonna put it with the prodigal son. We're bashing the father, saying everything you have is bad, and I want to run off and do it my way. Um, instead of realizing what we have could be used in such an incredible way, because what we have is amazing. America is incredible, and we have the ability to do incredible things just by being here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just. Uh, I I think I think I think of us almost like the like the the emo teenager who's like at their house, like their really nice house in like the suburbs, and is like. I hate you, Mom. I hate you, Dad. You guys, all you ever want to do is oppress me and tell me what I have to do. Uh, I hate you guys. And then, like, five minutes later, it's like, when's dinner? <laughs> you know? Like, it's yeah. it's that kind of that kind of mindset of, like, we want to throw all this stuff off and we want to act like we're, like, you know, 
all bad and like we don't need this and then it's like actually no we, we totally do and we just do you think it do you think it's a byproduct of perhaps because we've we've uh, in our young life pros- actually prospered pretty well as a country probably i mean we prospered quickly too i mean really quickly if if this nation was such a christian nation then like why did why do we have so many great awakenings mm-hmm. you know like how many great awakenings do we have four Oh wow! Like the first great—I mean, they're, the last two are sort of debated whether they're actually great awakenings. But the first and second great awakenings, I mean, like massive amounts of converts, like all over the country. Like if we were such, and like we're talking like first generation Americans. Mm-hmm. So like if we we're such a Christian nation, like you wouldn't think there'd be people like coming out and drove to the big tent revival. You wouldn't think that there would be people hanging onto the pillars of the church, listening to Jonathan Edwards preach his sermon, waiting for the floor to drop out from under them. I mean, it—it it, it just seems like. We just sort of, I don't know, like, I think about, like, the way I was taught about American history. Like, we sort of gloss over the fact that, like, oh, apparently this country is full of really, like, unchristian, like, people. Well, like, I mean, even the, the... But we like to pretend, like, the whole place is, like, this Christian utopia that somehow got ruined along the way. Right. People out there who actually follow Christian beliefs, not just say they're Christian, people that actually follow Christian beliefs and are reading the Bible... Um, would obviously not be okay with things like slavery. And yet this nation had to have a civil war to end slavery, and there were people actually using the Bible to defend having slaves at the time. major denomination Um, in our country that exists solely because they don't want to give up their slaves. I'm not going to say what denomination that is. (laughs) Southerns. I'm going to keep talking really quick. I'm going to keep going so you can. Um, But no, but yeah, I think that that we have this... um, the downside is we have this romanticized view of how America started and how we got here today. And I think that this, the actual truth to it is no less incredible and no less worthy of being celebrated. But it's not this romanticized idea we have of like the the perfect Christians decided to get in a boat and go over and start a country that is the perfect Christian nation that to this day is living to those perfect Christian ideals. And if we just vote properly, then everything will be okay. Um, Instead of realizing, no, what we have here is amazing and America should be celebrated. But also just to realize the truth that it was founded on freedom. It was founded on freedom of expression and religion. And that the... The positive side to that is we have the ability to speak against the things that we see wrong, but we should be celebrating the fact that we can speak against the things that we see wrong. You don't need to to be bashing America in order to be standing up against the downsides. Yeah. You can be celebrating the fact that we live here because it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Well, like as you're talking, I'm I'm aware of like several things that are that are happening right now. Like first. We are utilizing a computer, and we are putting this on the internet. An mm-hmm. American invention. Thank you, Al Gore. Um, not really. You didn't really. But no, like, like, but speaking like, of warped history. Yeah, yeah. But no, but like, this is like. So the internet was created in America. It is an American invention on the laptop, which is also the the personal computer. It's an American invention. Right. Um, embedded in this computer is a video. Is a motion picture camera. Which was, you know, the heritage of something developed by Thomas Edison, an American. While well, yeah, we have eventually. the lights on, and we have the lights on, which is also well. I mean, 
arguably Tesla had a lot to do with this stuff too. <laughs> um, but um, though I guess he lived in America, so hey, we'll take it. We'll, but we'll, like, say, the, we'll say the practical, um, yeah, the practical light bulb, the, the historical understanding as it was created here. Right, right. But <laughs> like, um, but like, so we have that. But then on top of that, the three of us are talking. You're a Southern Baptist. I'm an Episcopalian. Not Southern Baptist. You're not Southern Baptist? No, not Southern. What? What are you? Not Southern. Okay. We'll save that for another day. But okay. not Southern Baptist. So you're Baptist. <laughs> yes, I Baptist. Thought you were Southern. Not okay. Southern. No, not Southern Baptist. Oh, so we can bash the Southern Baptist. Cool. You can. <laughs> I used to be Southern Baptist. So um, <laughs> I just opened a whole other no, can of worms for you. Hey, I like no, you. Not, you're not Calvinist. Not, not so the um <laughs> So, I knew it was going to happen at some point. I had to throw it in. It's been several episodes yeah. since I made a Calvinist oh, show. You, you know who else loves America? Calvinists. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because the Puritans were all Calvinists, actually. Um, so it was Edwards. Edwards, Jonathan Edwards, who I actually kind of like as theologian, big Calvinist. Anyway. Picking but, you uh, up, putting you back on track. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Go. So, <laughs> Is that um, the guy that talks to dead people? <laughs> Moderator? You're fired. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing the opposite of moderating. Chuck, please continue. So, like, but the fact is that you're a Baptist. I'm an Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. Um, um, JP is non-denominational. But the three of us can have this conversation about religion freely and openly without fear that someone's going to come down and, like, stop us from having that conversation. We can be what we are openly in front of each other. And then we can put this thing in public. People can download and listen to it, and nobody's going to, like, come kick down a door and being like, you're listening to illicit illicit things or whatever. Well, in some places... Like, that's amazing. Might, in some places, it wouldn't even make it onto the internet right. for them to listen to it. Right. It's amazing. It is amazing that we get to do this, and it mm-hmm. is so American what we're doing right now. I know it's not exclusively American. Right. No, there's other, there's other the nations ideological there. roots of it are American, and that yeah. is incredible. And that's the kind of thing I should... I think that I want to see us celebrating more. Um, it doesn't, like, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be better. Like this idea that like we're we're better than every country. No, um, and we are. Wow, just kidding, just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. Well, um, actually, Chuck. Well, actually, <laughs> but like it does make us like it is incredible. It is an amazing. You know, we can celebrate it and we can say it's cool without having to be like smug about it or like overly apologetic about it or you know self-flagellating about it Mm -hmm. you know i think there's the cool things to celebrate so yeah Uh, you know uh i think one of the greatest representations of this country uh, of the ideals of this country don't say sliders (laughs) i'm not gonna say sliders i actually have a nuanced thing to say okay good Uh, i believe it's actually (laughs) <laughs> you know, I was watching Scream 2 today. <laughs> I keep forgetting he's in it. So, uh, I think the, the, the best representation of our country's ideals, at least in pop culture, um, I think is Captain America. And I, hmm. I don't think there's a more misunderstood yeah. character in our pop culture lexicon than Captain America. Because you think of Captain America, at least this is what I thought. I don't know about you guys. Um, I kind of just recently became a fan of Captain America when the movies came out, and I realized how great he was. Um, you know, you see this guy basically wearing an American flag, punching Hitler in the face. That's the, that's the big, iconic image of Captain America. So you think it's this guy that probably thinks that America is perfect, who just goes around punching America's enemies. Well, he does, but in a different kind of context. Uh, but, but when you kind of... When I sort of got into Captain America and learning about all the stories and what they were really about, they were about the ideals of standing against, standing up against things like racism. Yeah. 
and um, hatred. And he actually holds the government very accountable throughout his stories. If, since, like, I think, like, when they brought him back, like, in the 60s or something, most of his stories are about how, like, there is an enemy and he has to, like, defeat it. But then he finds out that, like, America is, like, not perfect and he has to kind of reconcile that, you know? Right. And um, so, yeah, and, and there's, there's a lot of argument. There's a lot of misunderstanding where people are like, you know, Captain America is this, this jingoistic figure of American ideals, but he's really not. And I think it's a good representation because it's about accountability, which is like, to me, I think that is, that is American in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, like Superman, you know, Superman traditionally was, you know, truth, justice in the American way. Right. Which they've, you know, it's kind of interesting how in Superman, they sort of poo-pooed that away. Like, I even think they make a statement in Superman Returns, like truth, justice, and, and all that other stuff. Right. And, um, you know, I think like the like Christopher Reeve Superman movies, like that's a dude who really embodies American, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who, you know, he's super powerful. He can do almost anything. He learns to use his power in the most noble ways possible and that his power is more behind his personality and the words he says rather than the actions that he takes in the sense of like punching bad guys. Like Superman can do that. And when the time, you know, sometimes he has to do that or whatever, but like the best Superman stories are the ones where Superman never like raises a fist. Right. Where just by his presence. And like, I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a, an American ideal that we've kind of lost. I feel like that's an American ideal of like the Teddy Roosevelt era. This is kind of making me want to like get in a debate with you. Who's more American, Superman or Captain America? <laughs> the thing is, I'm not well. I'm not very well versed in Captain America, so I don't. I don't know if I could do that debate very but well. If I could put another thing that I like about Captain America, um, and I never really kind of put this together until like I started learning more about him, about the character, is that you know when you think of like an American superhero like like Superman, you know he comes from a small town out out you know in the country yep kansas you know, right he's from kansas his, his his parents or his adopted parents were farmers yep. uh, technically an immigrant yeah right um but captain america um he comes from brooklyn right he's not from the country he's from the city uh also an immigrant he, he's the son of irish immigrants I don't know. There, there's, this, there's, a, there's, there's a dichotomy there, right? Well, these characters are so inherently American. One comes from a small town in Kansas and the other Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. right? So it's like when people try to define America, they say like, oh, the small town, America, like the south, the country, that's America. No, 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 no. Like the, this, the, the cities. Right. But it's like it's, it's both. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean it's, it's – um... The melting pots on the coasts and the breadbasket, you know? Right. Like – there, there is no defining culture, really, when you think about it. Not like you know other other countries, but our culture is defined by its diversity. Yeah, and like I think of, um, well, it's like like I mean, obviously, like if you want to understand America, you need to understand baseball. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. I, I know I'm like the only guy <laughs> in the room who likes baseball. Um, baseball I don't talk about sports. I don't talk about sports. <laughs> I thought America's pastime has had passed on. Oh, <laughs> throw down. But like, I was watching Ken Burns. Here's how much I like baseball. I watched Ken Burns' baseball documentary. It's a 22 hour documentary about baseball. Of course it is. Of course it's 22 hours. <laughs> and um, and he and they make a mention. I think it's Billy Crystal actually. He's one of the people that's in it. Uh, one of the people he interviews. Talks 22 about, hour slideshow. It talks about how um, 
um, they zoom in on the images. They, <laughs> um, but they, they talk about how, like, you know, like, you think of, like, Field of Dreams, right. um, the Kevin Costner movie about baseball, and it's out in a cornfield okay. in Iowa. And, like, that sort of becomes, like, the iconic baseball America image, right? That it's a rural game. But baseball was invented, you know, in Cooperstown, I mean, according to legend. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a city game. It's an urban game. Right. And so, like, you know, it's a, you talk about this idea of whether it's country or urban, you know, as the heart of America, and you talk about both. I mean, I mean, baseball itself, it's got this sort of pastoral aesthetic to it, but it it's at its heart, it's something that takes place in a city. And so, like, I feel like that kind of really captures a kind of a quality of America that it's that it is both. It's both urbane and and pastoral. You know, it's mm-hmm. rural and urban. Um, and this idea that like one is more than another is the thing that really really bothers me. Right. Like, is there anything more American than the ethnic neighborhoods of New York City? Yeah. I mean, you know, like that, you know, the Italian court, the, the Italian quarter of Boston, um, you know, or, you know, the cornfields of Iowa or the wheat fields of Kansas. I mean, it's all like, it's very American. Like all of it that comes together to make this really beautiful tapestry of our country. And now I've got this like image of like old glory waving in my head. <laughs> 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 Matt, thoughts? I'm hearing you guys talk, and I can't help but I have a, a line of thought going. And um, it's going to sound negative probably at first, but I'm going to try and point toward the positive. So stick with me here for anybody listening. Um, and it, that's that when you say, What do you think of when you think America? I think rightly so. You think Captain America. And Chuck thinks Superman, and, and we baseball. think and baseball, and we think the American flag, and you think the soldier or the some for some people the firefighter and the policeman. Okay. Um, what you don't think is Jesus. Mm-hmm. When you think of hmm. America, you don't hmm. think Jesus. Like who represents America? Jesus. And to me, that's because. America is not a Christian nation. And like I said, that sounds negative. I can hear people on the other end going, that's right, we need to get back to what we were. No, no, no. My, my thing is we never were, nor should we be. Mm-hmm. Because if we became a Christian nation, we would see a, a rise again of things like the, um, the crusade. Us using what we have to kill off people that aren't Christian. Because we're human, and that tends to be, um, unfortunately, the route we go is attempting to force people. The positive side to that, what I want people to take away from, both the people listening that come from the Christian background and from the ones that don't, the positive side is what we are, is a nation found on allowing the the little guy to speak, allowing the outsider to have a voice, allowing the reject to be accepted. That's actually the foundation of our country, is the the underdog having the ability to stand up and speak out. Um, there's a lot of negative turns we took in history because of that. There's a lot of positives that we, because of that. And it also, I think that's why Captain America, for you, um, stands out as the, the American representative. He was the underdog who wound up becoming the hero for the nation, the one that stood up for all the ideals. Um, I think that's the very American. So America, if I say, what is America? What does it mean to you? America is a place where everybody should have a voice and everybody should have the ability to speak. And we should use what we have 
to empower others and to spread the message that we see as being good news. For a Christian, what does that mean? You live in a country where you have the ability to actually live the way that you're you're supposed to and not be um, attacked by the country for it. You're not going to be thrown into jail or killed over being a Christian. Um, despite what some people think, we are not getting tossed into jail for going to church on a Sunday morning. The yeah, down- I was going to ask you guys what you thought about this uh, horrible oppression that we're experiencing yeah, right this now. horrible, horrible oppression. <laughs> the downside goes back to the entitlement. As Christians, we tend to be fighting for comfort. We think it's our right to meet on a Sunday morning and to have my service from 10 till whenever and then go home and to freely eat with my family and talk about what we learned if I want to and if not, watch baseball, or at least for Chuck because he's still watching baseball. Football. Um, Or football, um, which which apparently the majority of the country is now watching. Or if you're myself and you have your priorities right, you go home and you watch a good movie but we think that that's our right that that's what makes this nation great and that's what we need to fight for is my right to meet on a sunday morning and instead what we should realize is we already have the ability to live the way that we believe we should so what we should be doing is living that way now and spreading that message now and that can change the world we can use the resources we have to empower people that have no voice to speak or no strength to stand up against the people that are that are stomping on them we can use our ability to empower them and then we can spread the good news that christ died buried and rose again so that we can have the ability to live the way he meant for us to and have a relationship with him and our father in heaven and then if things take a turn for the worst, and God forbid the government is like, you're no longer allowed to meet on church, meet in church on a Sunday morning or we'll throw you in jail, that's still the way we're supposed to live. Right. So we still live that way and we still do it. But my point is... China's not stopping people from worshiping right. on Sundays. My yeah. point is we are, we are fighting for comfort in America. If I get the right person voted in, then I can continue to have my Sunday morning service the way I want to have it. And instead, we should be using the voice we have now to empower others who have no voice to speak more, to spread the message to them, to show them by example how you can actually live in this world and how you can actually interact with people in a way that does unite and does point them back toward their creator. And we should do that now while we have the freedom. And then if the freedom's taken away, we should do it anyway. But right now we have that freedom. So instead of whining and complaining about, oh no, if I say Jesus, they might not let me be on TV. It's like big deal. How about if you live Jesus, you might actually change somebody's life for the better instead of being on TV. It's like Pope Francis, right? Like these people complain about like, you know, Christians not being on the media and Christians being oppressed or whatever. It's like, well, Pope Francis is like a media darling. People love talking about Pope Francis and it's like, but he's the wrong kind of Christian. So like that, he doesn't really count, you know, mostly because he's not American. Okay. Fine. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you say that as a joke, and we laugh it off. But a lot of people yeah. in our country who have a problem with like the Pope, they want to claim it's biblically, 
which I'm not talking about the biblical differences and what it means to be a Christian right now, but what I am saying is most people who have a problem with him and say he's not a Christian, it's because he's not American. He's not living by the standards we've established as. To be Christian is to be American. To be Christian is to be Republican. Um, And to be Christian is to be free and entitled to meet and do spiritual things the way I see fit. And if you speak out against that, then you're not a Christian. Instead of realizing there's some bigger issues that we can talk about and we can celebrate the fact that we're allowed to talk about that. Which I actually like to think in the midst of all our nonsense and nerdum, we talk about here on this podcast is some more, more of the bigger ideas, the things that actually matter and the things that actually unite or separate us and how we can overcome the things that separate us and celebrate the things that unite us. And I think that one thing we could start with is celebrating the United States of America and then as a nation standing up against what we see as injustice both inside and outside our borders but also celebrating the fact that we're here and able to do that. Yeah. And the 4th of July coming is a great time to do it. Well, and, and I'm glad you talk about 4th of July because like, I think of one of the great struggles that I have is being very wary and aware of all of the ways in which we confuse our nationality with our faith mm-hmm. and the ways that we really, really unhealthy, I mean, just really unhealthy, healthy ways that we mix patriotism and our spirituality yeah, gonna, and like, like I you can blow some people's mind by reminding them that Jesus wasn't American. Right. <laughs> right. And like, I, and like the thing for me is I'm, I'm a Christian first, mm-hmm. no matter what that is. like, and, and that, and really that's my nationality. If we really get down to it, I'm a firm believer that each church building is an embassy. It is sovereign ground. It is, it is an embassy connected to the kingdom of God. It is, you know, it it's it, it's it, it is it is separate from political, you know, ideally far from from national influence or whatever. And so, like, I have a really hard time with big patriotic displays in church and all that. But at the same time, like, I don't think that that means that I have to then like be un-American. That I have right. to like think that America is lame. That I have to always ignore America or that I always have to put it down or whatever it's just trying to strike that heavy balance that that, that that healthy balance it's a i mean it's a tough job but it's something we have to do and something we really need to be willing to acknowledge um as christians that it's okay that it's okay to recognize that being christian and being american are two very different things that at no point are they supposed to be the same thing right interesting um, that it's okay that they're not the same thing but it's okay to be the same thing because right, it's okay ideals, to be American and Christian. Right, yeah. Because the ideals of America right now allow me to be Christian. And if they discontinue allowing that, then I should still be a Christian. Right. And if I'm here, I should still be a Christian here, which means I should still be changing things where I'm at. Right. Like um, but yeah, and I can't help but think while you're talking about the fact that Jesus says things that people love to misuse, things like you're an alien. And, you know that this is not your home that this isn't the world we belong to and people love the to world, take those right and people love to take that and the world not of the world sorry. and people love to take that and misuse it and we've talked i've talked i've ranted about this i should say on our podcast before they love to misuse that as reasons why we shouldn't worry about things on this planet because this isn't our home anyway but i think it, what it really is is like what you're saying is when jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven 
he talked about two specific things. There's the kingdom of heaven as being right now. And then what he actually talked a lot less about is the kingdom of heaven and the age to come, which is what all of us like to focus on. When I die, I'm going to go to heaven. Um, but m most of what he's talking about is right here, right now. And when he's talking about being an alien or being the foreigner, I think it's really like what you're saying. It doesn't matter where I live here on earth. I'm a Christian first. My nationality is the kingdom of heaven. Um, I belong there. And then wherever I live, I can embrace the, the fact that I'm placed here in America and celebrate the fact that I live in a place that allows me to express the kingdom of heaven freely. But to be aware of the fact that I'm not needing to marry the two, that American and Christian don't need to be the same thing, mm -hmm. yeah. um, that I can live the way I'm supposed to live regardless. And right now, celebrate the fact that I'm able to do that. Right. Because, I mean, we love to kick and scream about it. But the truth is, we're able to do that right now. And, I mean, we're talking about it here. And believe it or not, nobody has come barging in with handcuffs to drag us <laughs> off yet. I'm waiting, but they're not Not here. yet. Not, not yet. Not, not yet. What are the other things that, to you, would be a snapshot of... Um, what it means to be an American or okay. what makes you excited about the fact that you're an American. I like that. And it doesn't matter if it's sci-fi and stuff, like why. Um, for example, for people listening again, because I know there's certain people out there that I know personally, um, moving the religion aspect aside and how the, the Bible tells us how we're supposed to live. For me, the things that have implanted themselves deep within me as far as being an American. Um, it would, I'd say, start with things like when I was really young was Indiana Jones, teaching me the importance of preserving history and making the truth of the story accessible to everybody. Um, then there's things like Power Rangers, which taught me to unite together to stand against the thing that's trying to stomp us down. It's Japanese, um, but I get it. Yeah, sure. there's, I'm not talking about <laughs> where they came from. <laughs> I know. Because I know. I'm talking about the pop culture things that were big in America for me and how they've influenced me. There was um, Jurassic Park talking about being responsible for the mistakes we make and being the ones to overcome them. Okay. And how using the things that we have can be done either for positive or for personal gain um, and the negative <clears throat> side effects to that. And that kind of culminates with, for me, with Spider-Man and the idea of with great responsibility, um, with great power comes great responsibility is to me what should be the American slogan, with great power comes great responsibility. I think we should celebrate the fact that America has great power but we should be responsible in the way we then use that to interact with the rest of the world. So that's what I mean. There's two things for me that I think really, really speak to what being an American means. Um, one is a lot longer for me. One's fairly recent. The one that was, that's been deep inbreded for me is Star Trek. The idea of, the idea of all of these people from all over the world, all different planets in that show too, um, coming together for his common task, for the common good, um, working together, putting aside differences while not necessarily ignoring those differences because that's like the great relationship between um, like Bones and Spock is they don't, they don't ignore each other's differences, um, but they learn to work together in spite of those differences and oddly come to love each other's differences even, um, even when they disagree. I think that's such an American thing. It's beautifully American. 
Um, and somewhat related to that is um, uh, my newest one, which is jazz music. Um, I've started listening to jazz. And what I love about jazz is how and why I think it's American, why it's perfectly American, is that, aside from the fact that it was created in America, um, is the way that, one, you know, so much of what we think of as American, I think, in, in, in just sort of passing, is very white. We think of white Europeans doing things. Jazz music was, is black. The first generation of black Americans after slavery created jazz music. Um, they took European musical instruments... European musical concepts, and they added a spin to it to make it improvisational, to make it a bit emotional, to be more freeform. Um, and I think that that is beautifully American. Uh, I think it's something that, as an as American culture, widely we need to celebrate and embrace. Um, if for no other reason than this is a black thing that defines us, um, and it and it, but it it takes something that existed before, which is European musical styles, and it filters it through a cultural, a particular and unique cultural experience and then puts it all together into this very free thing because that's the thing about jazz i mean it's it's hallmark is improvisation right Um, and so freedom and so i love jazz and i think it's such a i think like as as an american music thing this is something we need to listen to and and to understand and 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 to really pay attention to and i think really if you want to know what it means to be an american um you watch baseball you you read on the road and you listen to jazz uh, I, I want to contest on the road. Ago, you watch baseball. I, I, I want to contest on the road with some Truman Capote. Okay, Capote or tra- <laughs> uh, Travels with Charlie by um, Travels with Travels with Charlie by Hemingway is also a decent. Uh... Oh, Hemingway! Uh, you don't get more American than Hemingway, That's right? True. That's or true. maybe uh, Mark there's Twain. French influence, I guess. But oh, Twain, yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's true. That's true. In your face. <laughs> uh, uh, heart, uh, I mean, of course, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Well, for me, uh, with this question, thinking about it now, uh, Star Wars definitely is a movie that re- sort of represents, to me, represents America. I think Star Wars is a great representation because it's about uh, rebelling, standing up against an empire. And in, in that same vein, I think rock and roll also fits next to it. You know, the spirit of rock and roll is, you know, you can't tell me what to do. I forge my own path. I do what I want to do. I wear what I want to wear. I sing what I want to sing. And I'm going to go nuts and I'm going to be loud. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that it's kind of funny because, you know, people say America is obnoxious. Uh, rock and roll does not help with that case at all. Right, right. Uh, especially the spirit of rock and roll. And, you know, rock and roll was always like the weapon used against the man, right? Yeah. I mean, aside from like, you know, like, like, you know, Guthrie, I guess. It's not really rock and roll. It's protest music. But... It's always been using it's a man, and, and it's kind of weird. It's it's not really a thing anymore. You know, I don't know what that says about our times these days. Like rock rock is kind of not really thriving these days. Um, so yeah, rock and roll. And uh, Matt and I went to the Grand Canyon once uh, for our senior trip in high school, and um, I don't know, something about like our our parks and our our wildlife and our our our, um, our nature. It's that sort of frontierism of really America that I think that sort of represents, you know, the fact that we've been able to preserve the Grand Canyon or Yosemite or uh, all these great parks, which I guess was the efforts of was it was Teddy Roosevelt, right? Roosevelt, um, um, the John Audubon, um, 
um, yeah, I mean, a number of folks who were, were really big in this stuff. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, JP, I believe America is the first country to actually preserve land. Oh, really? Yeah, I think, I think we're the first to do that. Yeah, so there's something about that that to me feels deeply American. It's it's sort of sort of this this adventurous idea which you're talking about. You know, you were talking about Indiana Jones earlier, Matt, and I think that kind of ties into it as well. But when you go out there into the wilderness, you know, the American wilderness, like that is to me that's deeply American. Yeah, well, I mean that's definitely that's definitely something that we do that no one else does. Like, right. We we're campers. Like nobody camps in other countries. Like they they look at that as weird that Americans are really into camping, but that's like very much like our kind of pioneer right. framework. Yeah. What I want people to take away listening to us is first of all, um, America was not a Christian and is not a Christian nation. Um, so let's give up that idea and be Christians and live the way we're supposed to, despite whatever the nation around us becomes, um, in the future. But what we can celebrate is America to me was founded on the idea of preserving the world we live in, the nature that we live in, the world around us and celebrating the differences in cultures and understandings and viewpoints and uniting those people as a one one group of people because I think that reconciliation is a huge thing in scripture and the great thing about reconciliation is it does not mean that everybody becomes the same thing it's finding the truth and living united under the fact that we are create created by God and saved through what Christ did on the cross and then celebrating all the different ways we have to to point that out and to sell and to live that and to express that. And I think that America was founded on uniting different peoples from different lands, from different viewpoints, from different religious backgrounds into one country that was focused on spreading that idea of uniting people and spreading the idea of preserving the world that we live on. And I think those are the lessons that as Americans we should take away and strive for in the future is celebrating the fact that we have the ability to make a difference because of the resources we have in this world and use that to empower other people and other nations to, to live their own expression of joining together as one human race on a planet that we've been placed on in a creation that we live in and celebrate the fact that we are here and that we can preserve this planet and live in a way that everybody's needs are met. It's, it's, I mean, the Star Trek idea is possible. It's just because we're human that it's not happening. Right. But there's enough stuff. There's enough resources on this planet to make sure everybody need, everybody's needs are met. And I believe America was originally founded under the idea of doing exactly that. What it was really founded on is freedom of expression, freedom of religion, freedom of belief, and then the ability to live off this planet that we have. And originally it was meant to not have certain people left without while other people had what they needed. It was originally meant to be everybody can come here and get what they need. And obviously there's faltering points from that including the people that we kicked off the land here but um but again america the ideals to me that america was actually founded on were freedom and the ability for people to live with what they need here and we 
have lost sight of that in some ways. Mm-hmm. And in other ways, we still have that here and the ability to, to do that. If that makes any sense at all. I, I think yeah. it does. It certainly does. Um, so 4th of July is coming up. Yep. Do you guys have any uh, traditions that you usually uh, partake in around this time of year? I mean, there's a tradition that I, I did once, but I wish I did it every year, and that was watch JP almost burn himself to death with fireworks <laughs> on the roof of a parking garage in downtown West Palm Beach. Uh, yeah. Um, Do you was... have the video of that anywhere? Uh, somewhere. I had to like really oh, look man. for it. It'd be awesome if you if we could put that up as like a Fourth of July. You could <laughs> find the, it and put it up for the Fourth of July. You shooting yourself with a Roman candle would be look. Classic. I did not shoot myself with a Roman candle. You threw the candle. No, 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 no. I did, shot he did, no, no. I'm going to recount what happened. He did not throw it. <laughs> what happened was JP. I'm filming this thing by the way when it happened. So JP is holding. We're on the we're on the we're in the Dixie Garage at Palm mm-hmm. Beach Atlantic University. He's holding this Roman candle. He's holding by the middle, not by the base. And I'm saying, dude, you got to hold it by the base. And he's like, whatever, man. I've done this before. I'm fine, <laughs> expert. I'll let you. I'll let you deal with it, demolitions expert. So he's holding it in the middle. The friggin' thing fires once and it flies out of his hand. Now we're on an incline in this parking garage. So it goes down the incline and it. I was like, holding it backwards, by the way. Yeah. So. So it shot out of my hand like a missile. It shot out of my hand like a missile. It goes down the ramp and it rolls. And I there had to be supernatural, divine, or some kind of. <laughs> destination. There's some kind of intervention happening because it aims perfectly and shoots JP in the chest. <laughs> It's like one of these ones when it shut, it spiraled. And so I'm watching this thing spiraling all over his chest, and he's screaming. He burns a giant <laughs> hole in his favorite T-shirt. This awesome purple and blue ringer that he used to wear. They were all ringers back then. Yeah, and like he loved that shirt. He, he like, you actually uh, you were very upset when you found out that he I was. That was yeah. a good color it's combination. Sweet. But then, but then, oh, oh, we're not done here. So then, like it hits him, and he's like on fire, running, like trying to like. And this is like in my head the whole time. I'm holding the camera. I'm laughing my butt off, and I'm like getting ready to fall on the ground with his camera and like I'm and the whole time I'm thinking in my head like this is the stuff my parents warned me about my whole life like <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to the emergency room and it's gonna be like I'm gonna be like on the news like this is gonna be one of those stories like you know local kid blows his hand off with a Roman candle so like <laughs> it's a classic you'll shoot your eye out right so but then in the process of me thinking all of this the Roman candle starts shooting at me <laughs> so I'm dodging Roman candle um, as it's firing at me. On top of this is there is like a, there's like a summer camp at PBA, um, and there's like these like there's infuge. Yeah, infuge. There's these high school girls on a balcony overlooking and watching this all go down. <laughs> so like JP's. I'm in- like I'm like spinning around zigzagging because it's like shooting all around us. <laughs> he's trying like- to extinguish his shirt while getting shot at. It's like it's like he's in Afghanistan or something. See like that? under live fire. See that should have still been your favorite shirt, and you should have worn it over another shirt like every day with the hole burned right out in the chest of it. Wore, wear it proudly. <laughs> it was awesome. It was a good shirt. It was a really good shirt. That was a fun night though, like because we like set off fireworks in like a parking lot by the beach. We ate checkers burgers. Yeah. It was a good night. It was a good night. It's probably the best Fourth of July I've ever had, to be honest with you. <laughs> the one Ryle was died. <laughs> you had fun too. You and I, I talked. I did. You and I talked about that for years. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about it now. Exactly. Mortalized in our podcast. Yep, that's true. Uh, uh, and that video did make the, the rounds in college. Uh, many people saw that video. <laughs> I remember you put it on like a special feature of some other thing you had worked on. Uh, yeah, it was actually kind of funny. <laughs> um, 
But what do you what do you doing this year, Chuck? Well, I've got so I've got two boys now, you know, and uh, Charlie discovered fireworks at Disney. Um, he refers to them as fireworkers. <laughs> um, and um, so I, I, you know, I think Ken and I might, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe we might try to find some place to go watch some fireworks. I I tend to I tend to play it really low key yeah. on Fourth of July because like it's just so crowded and hot. I just don't like, and then the traffic. I just don't like dealing with it. Like when I lived when I lived in West Palm. And I worked at Holy Trinity in West Palm. It was really cool because, like, we would set up shop on the lawn of Holy Trinity and watch the fireworks. And, like, but we lived close enough that, like, we could walk from our house to the church. Um, just uh, just get some drive. sparklers, man. Get some sparklers. Some snakes. Get some of them snakes. Yeah. I guess so we, we can buy our own street. fireworks. That's true. We can buy our own you got fireworks. A little cul-de-sac there that's, like, old-fashioned suburban Americana right there. None says America like a cul-de-sac full of fireworks. That's true. I should get like a, I should get like a, like a, like a twelve-pack of Miller High Life. <laughs> it's fireworks. There you go. That's how you do it. And some hot dogs. <laughs> Matt, what are you doing? Uh, let's see. Well, I will. I will start with. Um, there's two different traditions, so I'll tell which one I'm doing this year. But we have two based on my wife's work schedule and whether or not we can do one of them. And then I, I'm going to share my favorite 4th of July, since your favorite is JP shooting himself with the Roman candle. Um, our two traditions, if we're here because of work and things like that, is my wife's parents' house. If you go on their second floor of their house, you can see all like the different city fireworks oh, going on. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so we usually are there. But this year, we're doing um, tradition number two where we go up to my parents' property way out in the middle of nowhere in North Florida um, because in Florida, the further north you go, the further south you get. Right. <laughs> um, so we go way north in Florida, middle of nowhere, and there's actually a kind of a restaurant nearby where if you park there, you can sit out in the field and watch their city's fireworks like you're right oh, there. Oh, that's cool. Um, so that's what we're doing this year. We're going up to Branford, Florida. If you look it up on a map, good luck finding it. It's a, it'll be the tiniest dot out there. But my favorite 4th of July was the most stereotypical American 4th of July ever. And that was my first trip to Texas to visit my cousin Amber and her husband Jake, who was a Marine at the time and getting ready to go overseas to fight in Iraq. Um, and we ended 4th of July in a field on their family's property in the middle of nowhere that just had this random cement slab that was supposed to be the foundation for a building that never got built in the middle of nowhere um, with all their pickup trucks parked in a circle while they were slow dancing to country music and fireworks were going off in the background. And it was, that's, that's the 4th of July nice. to me. Country music, cowboy hat, slow dancing and fireworks. You all don't right. Get any more American, you don't get any more American than that. That certainly is American, Matt. In Texas. Don't forget, in Texas. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing, uh, but the whole, uh, you know, I live with the whole family, so there's probably going to be a cookout. We always, whenever the family is together, we, we take Fourth of July very seriously. Uh, and uh, it, 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 there's usually a lot of food, a lot of watermelon, and a lot of uh, fireworks because they're, uh, if there's not like a ban, they're very legal here. <laughs> I'm talking about the good stuff. The nice. good stuff. The, it's legal for you guys too in Florida, actually. It's, mm. The firework laws are very laxed. Well, it's it's legal to set them off in a way, but you have to buy them in like Georgia. <laughs> you have to buy them across the state line. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Oh, Though I don't know, maybe well, they've changed the laws recently. Cause I, I was just over on the west coast of Florida earlier today. 
And um, I saw a firework place called Pyromania. <laughs> and I thought, maybe you shouldn't name that. Maybe yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to name that. your fireworks for Pyromania. It's just asking for somebody to come in with a lit match. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know it's that time of year, especially in Oklahoma, when you start seeing the fireworks stands go up. Yeah. And on the side of the road. And then you hear fireworks go on for five friggin' nights afterward. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Like, July 7th. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I yeah, love, exactly. I'm a huge fan of the July 7th fireworks at 2 a.m. while my toddler's like, yeah. trying to sleep. I'm you a know, big fan of that. Didn't bother me until I had children. I got now a, I'm like, who are they? I got a couple I neighbors. I got a couple neighbors <laughs> that if they're listening, because you know who you are, um, I just, I just, I'm absolutely love your tradition of setting them off four days later um, in the backyard at 2 a.m. That's just my favorite thing ever. And, Why didn't you set them all off on 4th of and, July? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, and me and my now awake and screaming toddler are going to come watch your glorious fireworks at your house this year if you do it again. <laughs> well, I can great. say a, a new tradition that I've sort of uh, adopted is I. A few years ago, I watched for the first time a movie called 1776, and it's a musical about the signing of the Declaration of Independence and uh, all the tension that was involved in doing that. It's a musical. So it's like you take the, the serious subject matter of signing the Declaration of Independence and turn it into a romp, a musical romp, uh, starring um, uh, 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 Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World. Or, or As Kit. John Adams. Or he is Kit. a great John Adams. He was Kit. <laughs> yes. In Knight Rider. Feeny, Kit, and John Adams. He was Mr. Feeny. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? There isn't a nerdier musical out there. I mean, you know, you, you think a nerdy, you think, you know, comic books, Superman, Star Trek, whatever. No, 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 no. This is a musical about politics. <laughs> Nerdiest thing in the world. But it's it's so entertaining. It is so much fun. But you know what? I wish you guys had seen it because there's there's a there's a part to it that I I, I kind of want to like divine a little bit like kinda, I really want to deconstruct, and it's always kind of baffled me. The ending of the movie, spoilers, they signed the Declaration of Independence. <gasps> <laughs> it's obviously not a Tarantino film. Yeah, um, but the way it's presented is, it's very quiet. It's they find they everyone has finally decided to sign it, and it gets quiet, and there's no more music. And it's very somber. And all you hear is like a bell ringing in the background. And it just kind of slowly fades away. Like it's, it's, it's almost kind of like... Because the rest of the movie is so happy and so jovial and so joyful. And then when, when it comes time to actually sign this thing, you think it's going to be like a huge party. Like, you know, the, the big dance number. It doesn't end in, the, in a big dance number. It ends with like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of sad. Well, no way. well, without seeing it, to me, it sounds like it's expressing the weight of the decision that they're making. Yeah. And the reality of the fact that America was this idea of freedom and joy and expression. But the weight of that is signing your name on something that could possibly get you killed. Pretty while much. the reminiscent of the Liberty Bell is ringing in the background. Right. And that's well, without seeing the movie. I'll watch it, though. And, well, you know. should watch and it. listen great. to you talk. It makes me... Well, I'll probably watch it. I can probably convince Kane to watch it. It's a musical. She'll watch it. Um, <laughs> I, um, but it makes me think of... Um, uh, Rip Van Winkle, the story of Rip Van Winkle by Washington Irving. I just read that recently. Oh, yeah? And one of the things I never knew about that until I read it was how it deals with how it deals with the Revolutionary War. This guy manages to sleep through right. it. Right, yeah. And, like, he wakes up and sort of laments the fact that 
all this death and stuff had happened. It's very interesting that it wasn't like, yeah, we took the, we, we, you know, like we got rid of those limeys, you know, or whatever. It's all like, yeah, it was really unfortunate that this had to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Let's see what you guys talk about. Maybe think of that. Yeah, there's a, an interesting trivia for this movie, 1776. It was made in, I believe, the 60s. I forgot, I forgot. I forgot Could it have been 1976 and the bicentennial of the I don't think it was, but this is before that. It was when Nixon was still president. And um, so the movie was produced by Warner Brothers, and Jack Warner was still head of the studio at the time. So, yeah, this is a pretty long time ago. Um, there's a musical number. Um, called, I think it's called Confident Men of Stature, I think. I, I only watch this movie once a year, so I don't know the names of everything. Um, but the, 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 the dance number, music and dance number, is basically about conservatism. And one of the lyrics is like, to the right, to the right, ever to the right, never to the left. And um, Nixon, Nixon saw this, and he actually told Jack Warner to cut it out of the movie. Because he didn't like that it was kind of like a, a dig at, you know, the right. Wow. And so he did. He did cut it out. But the editors at the time, they actually, like, saved a couple of copies, uh, like, in a vault. <laughs> and then years later, when they re-released it, they edited it back in. Well, so it was a Broadway play to begin with. Right. Um, and it was released as a film in, uh, in 1972. 1972. Wonderful film. Um, just it, it, it's a great Great history lesson, and, and, and it's an uh, awesome musical. If you like musicals, you'll love it. And I love musicals. Which we totally need to do a musical episode. And you know what? My, I, watched, I watched the movie for the first time with my mom. And I know I just talked about a, a scene that pretty much digs at conservatives and Republicans. My mom loved that scene. Hmm. Because at the same time, even though it feels like a dig to some people, to her it was like, Look at how wonderful conservatives are, and the how, how wonderful the right is. It's 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 a great play. It's a great movie. Everyone should see it. Of all of, all, of the entire political spectrum, should see it. So that's our listeners. Um, is that their homework assignment for Fourth of July to yes. watch seventeen seventy six and then watch. interact with us on on our Facebook about it? You should. Yeah, you should. And you know what? I'll do uh, it. I'll do it. I'll do it. it I'll watch seventeen seventy six this week. I'm so excited. I'm very happy that you're going to do that. Uh, There's a big possibility that it might be on TCM. They do stuff like that, you know? Uh, um, I cut the cable. Uh, Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. So I'm a a streamer. I'm a millennial. Yeah. Streamers. Well, I'm sure you'll be able to find it somewhere online. Uh, But yeah, 1776, wonderful musical. Everyone should see it. Oh, especially if you're American. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) All right. So that is all the time we have today. And then uh, some. Yeah. I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners who have been listening, who have been rating and, and, and reviewing and subscribing. We appreciate it. Yes. Um, if you haven't, please rate and review. Go on iTunes. Go to iTunes.com slash Masters of Divinity and rate and review because that is a huge, huge way to help us. So if you're listening to this right now Kena. and you haven't Talking done you, it Kena. yet. Um, rate and review us and there is no obligation to like us you don't you can write a bad review um, we'll cry but rate and review tell us what you think we want to know we can't become better people if you don't talk to us people <laughs> rate and review yes yep uh that's very true also uh like us on facebook follow us on twitter uh message divinity on facebook 
MOD underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, visit our website, themastersofdivinity.com, uh, where there will be content awaiting you uh, that, that should be explored. Uh, Chuck, where can people find you? On Twitter, at Father Charles B., um, at my church's website at chapelsta, www.chapelsta.org. On there you can hear my sermons. If you're here, curious what I sound like as a preacher, you can, you can check that out. I occasionally blog on there as well. Um, I'm also on Facebook, so if you found us on Facebook, you can just look me up there as well. Um, and those are, those are probably the places that I'm most active. I hear you're having a guest speaker. I hear Jeff Sideburns, Smoky Bones is going to be there. <laughs> That's right, Jeff. You're going to be our preacher on Sunday. All right. <laughs> Matt, partner, where can people find you partner. online? Uh, why, don't you let, why don't you let the little doggies online know <laughs> where they can find you, partner? I was going to say you could just edit it out and not ask me, but you have to leave the asking in. Um, but the reason I was going to say that is I just the only place I exist right now, the only place worth looking is all of our Masters of Divinity outlets, which um, you've already covered. But again, that's MOD underscore podcast uh, on Twitter and Instagram. That is themastersofdivinity.com. And I can't stress enough because you'll be our heroes. Rate and review on iTunes, um, rate and review, and click subscribe. And uh, it takes you two minutes, and you will make our day, week, month, year by doing it. All right. Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, and if you want to find me, I am at John Spencer Post on Twitter. Uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next week as we cover um, babies. Do they bounce? <laughs> thank you so much for joining us goodbye good journey good journey see get on down that dusty trail <laughs> rat rat them doggies oh. on a cloud in a sky full of smoke oh help us all oh.